You are tuning in to the Coming Home Podcast. This is a series that provides you with the tools to help you return home to your most divine self. Coming home is a place of connection, remembrance, grace, and a little bit of woo-woo. So today's podcast episode, let me begin. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Coming Home Podcast. And today I have such a sweet friend joining me who is such a human design, someone called her human design prodigy. She, I honestly think that she is. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. Um, She is a wealth of knowledge. I connected with her at a retreat that we threw in LA this past month, and she gave a whole talk about human design, and we were all so captivated and amazed by everything she was saying and how human design not only relates to yourself, your life, your relationship, but really your business and all parts of the self. So I had Eden on today, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen and Hope that human design becomes one of those tools that you use to really come back home to yourself and understand yourself in such a deeper way than this artificial, you know, body. Because human design really delves deep into the spiritual body, the other bodies, these other energetic parts of ourselves that we kind of forget about. And it is not only a combination of astrology, which I love, but it's the tree of life, the I Ching. It's a combination of all these amazing modalities that are so ancient and really brought into a new age perspective for us to understand and learn from. And while there is so much information out there about human design, it's still such a new topic of conversation. So we kind of talked a little bit about what each sign is and what it means for me to be a projector and how we express these shadow frequencies of ourselves when we're not living within our design. So I hope that this episode provides you with some insight and clarity and some new information about who you are and how to look at yourself from a different perspective. This, For me, it's the bird's eye perspective since I'm a projector. Um, I can really see things differently from this higher point and it really gives me such great understanding of my energetic body, which is the body that I'm living in. I think sometimes we get confused with astrology. It seems very foreign, um, this mind-body connection, but human design is all this energetic connection. Where are the channels? What gates are open? How are we communicating our gut with our throat, with our head, with everything that's working in the world around us. So a big part of why I started this podcast is because I have so many different interests and I don't really think it's in, it's not in my design to be that person who focuses on one thing and I will only talk about one thing. I think they're all different tools to bring us back to our authentic beings. So in some way, I, I know that this episode is going to provide you with so much clarity and insight of who you are as a person and how you interact in the world and your mission here on the, on the planet. And 
how that is going to manifest in your day-to-day life. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Okay, so first of all, I'm very excited for this episode because I know that so many people are going to benefit from this information, and I know that it's so confusing to a lot of people, which is why I brought you on because you are a wealth of knowledge, so I want you to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do and all those good details. Of course. So my name is Eden Carpenter and I'm the founder of Intuition Lifestyle. What I do is I bring information about human design to you as people who are looking to grow, people who are looking to expand, people who are looking to build businesses around purpose and passion and all of those things. I've been studying human design for about a year and a half now, a little over that. And I met Alyssa through the amazing mastermind from the badass business babe maven lauren and so we met at the live event for the rising sisterhood mastermind and here i am yay and we're so excited to have you okay so why don't you tell everyone first of all what your design is and how you kind of fell into this like web of human design of course so human design, somebody mentioned it on like a Q&A thing on Instagram where you like, you know, those questions where people ask questions and they're like, oh, I'm this in human design. I was like, ooh, what's human design? So I pulled it up on my phone. I did the chart. I like remembered my birth time, which was random. Um, so I pulled it up and I look at all of these shapes and all of these lines and colors. I was like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. That's too confusing. That's too much. So I closed it out and went back through scrolling Instagram. Over the next couple of weeks, the words human and design showed up randomly everywhere in places that they should not be together. So first of all, people that I'm following are talking about human design who have never heard talk about human design before. I think what really, really made me decide that I needed to look into it was I'm in nursing school and one of the PowerPoints that we were listening to or watching in a lecture, there was a glitch in something and somehow the formatting like jumbled the words and put the words human and design next to each other in the middle of a nursing lecture. So we were talking about human design. We were talking about like time management or something like that. And so I really took that as a sign of, okay, fine universe, I'm going to look into this. So I pulled up my chart. I'm a manifesting generator and I pulled up Google on the other side and I started Googling and I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. Oh my God, why aren't people talking about this? The more I learned, the more I realized that it was really talking about those deeper wounds that I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know I was thinking that. I didn't even know that that was a pattern. Like, but yes, that is something that I do. That is something that I'm searching for. Oh my God, I need to talk about this. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel the first time I realized, you know, like I've been into astrology for a really long time. I've always kind of, been on the fence about it because I never really resonated very deeply with my sign. Um, I'm a Capricorn and I resonate a lot deeper with my moon and my rising sign, which like when you delve into it, you'll understand. But when I heard about human design and I heard that I was a, I'm a projector um, and we're going to talk all about my chart. I just felt like it under, I felt understood for the first time. I was like, oh my God, this all makes sense because 
it's talking about our energy and like we're such energetic beings. So yeah, I remember you telling that story in LA about it being on your nursing school thing. And that just gives me the chills. Mm-hmm. You know, like the universe will always give us those signs of like, this is where we're supposed to be. Like, hey, you're not paying attention. Like, oh, you didn't listen to the first sign. Here's another one. And then here's another one until your friend's like, Watch, okay, we'll get louder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Can we talk about my chart? And absolutely. Yes. Let's talk about your chart. Okay. So I have it pulled up because obviously <laughs> I don't even need to explain it. So Alyssa is a projector who has a lot of centers that are defined. And I'm going to just kind of talk a little bit about what defined versus open or undefined means. Since I think surprisingly, that's one of the foundational concepts that a lot of people don't understand. So when you pull up your chart, you can go to jovianarchive.com slash get your chart. You can go to my body graph. You can literally Google human design chart and something will pop up where you can pull up your chart. It's going to give you kind of this body graph with lots of numbers on the sides. You're going to get something that kind of looks like the chakra system with a bunch of different shapes. The shapes are what we call centers, and that's specifically what we're going to be talking about primarily today. They're either going to show up as white or colored. The exact color of them does not matter because it doesn't mean anything differently. So like the head center, if it's going to be colored, it's going to be the same color no matter what. Some of the different, um, some of the different, what's the word, kind of mechanical tools or software chooses to put them in as different colors. It doesn't really matter. It's not going to change. It's either going to be defined or it's going to be undefined. Mm-hmm. Anything that's going to be white is going to be undefined. These are the areas where you still have energy, but it doesn't have a consistent go from point A to go to point B. So anything that's defined, if you look at the colored centers, there's going to be a full line connecting it to another one. So Alyssa has, we call it channel. It's a channel. If there's two gates, they're open. If you think about little bridges from one center to another center, if you have two two gates that are fully defined, two gates that are defined, they will connect and make a channel. This channel is a bridge for the energy to flow from one place to another. And if you think about a circuit board or something like that, if energy can get from point A to point B, it flows, it moves, and it moves in a consistent pattern. So these channels are what make a center defined. So you can trace your chart, you can look at your chart and see wherever there's a colored shape, a colored center, a defined center, it will connect to another center. The open centers, the white ones, they still have energy in them. This is more of a potential energy. It doesn't have that consistent pattern of where it's going. It doesn't go, it doesn't move in a consistent way. And so it's going to be very influenced by the people you're around. It's going to be influenced by whatever energy the day is producing because Every single day, every moment has a different frequency of energy. And so the energy that you have in those open white centers is going to pick up and kind of ride the energy of everything that's going on around you, which means you're going to get to experience those particular energy patterns in a multitude of different ways. So Alyssa has an open head center. I have an open head center. (laughs) This is the center at the very, very top of the chart. And this center has a lot to do with inspiration, with ideas, with kind of asking questions, and it's a pressure center. So people who have this open tend to struggle with feeling overwhelmed in their head and wanting to search for control. 
And so all of the different centers, whether they're colored, whether they're open, whatever it is, they're going to be, you're going to be expressing energy on a frequency. And that can be a shadow frequency, or that can be a higher frequency. The low frequencies or those shadow frequencies are where the human design, we call it non-self. This is where you're expressing energy and it's mainly being expressed out of fear. It's searching for control over this energy because you feel out of control versus if you are, this is, if you have an open center, like an open head center, this looks like searching for answers. This looks like where are the answers? Where do I need to go to find the answers? Oh my God, I need to get away from this pressure. I just need to figure this out so that I can have a sense of control over things. Um, a big pattern that I see with this, especially if you're kind of going into family patterns is people who have an open head center as children very, very quickly started to try and figure out their parents' problems. And that's a very interesting thing to do. So anytime I'm working with a client who has an open head center, I talk about, so when did you start trying to figure out your parents' problems? Because that's typically a sense of trauma for a lot of people. Um, just interesting, interesting little pattern there. <laughs> a lot of sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you have have a specific moment where you're like, oh yeah, that's where I started to try and figure out my parents' problems? Well, I think I was always trying to figure out my parents' problems. My parents had a lot of conflict growing up and I have a lot of like childhood trauma around that. And Mm -hmm. I was always trying to understand why, like, why, why are they like this? Why is this happening? And I always felt like I was the adult in the situation. Mm Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the goal with kind of coming home and coming back to your authentic self with human design is you can look at your chart and you can go through each of the different centers, each of the different areas, and kind of use your chart as a reference guide. Are you expressing this in a high frequency or are you expressing this in a low frequency? Are you expressing this with love or are you expressing this with fear? So for the head center with yours being open, the high frequency, the love frequency is going to be, I don't need to search for the answers. I don't need to search for the answers. I don't need to think about things that don't matter to me. So it's just kind of checking in and saying, am I thinking about things that matter to me? Does this matter to me? Do I care about this at all? Um, Am I trying to solve other people's problems to get away from mental pressure? So people who have an open head center, it's really important to find activities to relieve that mental stress and relieve that mental pressure. So that's where you get to be intentional about using other people's systems, using other people's processes to structure yourself to say, okay, I'm going to meditate because that makes me feel good. That's going to help me get away from this pressure. Mm -hmm. So what are some other examples of things people can do to kind of like relieve the head pressure? For me, it's journaling. Anytime I can journal or if I can talk to people, that's really helpful because when I journal and I've always, I said it since I was little, I need a place for all of these ideas and all of these things to energetically reside that's not in my head. Like I need to put them somewhere so that I don't have to think about them. I don't have to hold them because that's overwhelming is trying to like remember all of these things. Like I I lose my keys all the time. And if I don't put them in a specific place every single time, I will lose them. And so that's a structure that I've had to put in place is put my keys in the same place every time and being intentional about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think definitely meditation. If I don't Mm -hmm. think myself that quiet in the morning my whole day is just thrown off I'm like oh no like what is going on and I feel so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and potentially I feel like it could be from being a projector but I think 
once we get into that routine, like if yours is journaling or meditation, you find so much like reprieve there. You want, you crave that in such a deep yeah. way. And then when you don't have it, you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Like what's going mm-hmm. on here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. A big thing that I tell people, especially if they're in business, if they have an open head center, is to simplify. Because we can always look for more answers. We can always look for a more complicated strategy. It's probably like the best solution is going to be more simple for these people because trying to kind of wrap your head around a thousand different moving parts and tripwires and funnels, and, like, it can be overwhelming. So starting small, starting simple, setting those goals as I'm just going to create this. I'm going to create, you know, two, three steps to get people from here to here. That's going to be a lot easier for them to get into and for them to feel like they're not mentally overwhelmed with all of the different things that they have to figure out and hold and remember. So simplifying things can also be really helpful. I know a lot of people who run and that's really therapeutic for them. That helps them kind of clear their head, clear their mind. Yoga is really great. Things like that where it's, you have to think, you can kind of let go of all of the thoughts because you actually, people who have open head centers can be mentally still. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get very heady sometimes if I don't have those like moments of quietness. I'm like in my head way too much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then I can't tell what's in my head and then what is I'm absorbing from other people. Exactly. Like, and that's another big thing is you're going to absorb a lot of different people's thoughts. And this is really fun when you're be able to read people's minds and you can say a, a certain string, like a certain sentence. And you're like, Oh my God, I was literally thinking that like exact sentence. You could read people's minds, but you also pick up on their stress and their energy. So people who have this particular center open, they tend to not test well in an environment where there's a lot of other people that are really stressed. So being in nursing school, that's something that I won't go in the classroom until it's time to start the test because I don't want to be around all of those people that are freaking out about an exam prior to actually sitting down and being in that space. Yeah, that's really important for people to understand too. Yeah. I never thought of that in college, you know, like I had no Mm -hmm. idea what human design was then. I was just like, but it's interesting because I would always sit in the corner to take tests. I would try yeah. as far away from people as I could, like unconsciously. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to the front corner. That was like my test taking seat. And I would just like tuck myself away in the corner. So yeah. earplugs are really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I wouldn't even think of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, not a, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what about for people who have, who do have a defined head center? For people who have a defined head center, they are closed-minded and this isn't a bad thing. This is literally, you don't pick up on the things from other people. And so sometimes these individuals are kind of stubborn because they see things a certain way and it's really hard to change their mind. So sometimes, so the low frequency is I'm right because I am. And it's being very stubborn and not willing to even hear other people out and hear other people's opinions and perspectives and see what they see. It's saying, no, I have this idea, I'm doing it. Um, And the higher frequency is allowing yourself to share your ideas and to inspire other people because you generate inspiration, you generate ideas, you generate original questions. 
allow other people to use those, talk about those things, but being aware of your influence on people because this is a center of inspiration. I have a friend who has this defined and she says that she's very careful about the information that she shares because she once mentioned like, oh, I'm starting this, like I'm gonna do this course. And then like five of her friends who have this open felt like they needed to do it too because they were inspired by the action that she was taking. So just being aware of the influence you have on people and knowing that because you're consistently tuned into your thoughts, consistently tuned into that question and searching for an answer, it's okay to try and slow down. Meditation may be a little bit more challenging because you're constantly tuning into an energy, but it can still be very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, regardless of your human design, I think meditation is perfect <laughs> for everyone. Like everyone should be meditating, but mm-hmm. get anything out of this podcast. <laughs> if, if you've learned anything today, you should meditate more. But it's interesting because my partner has a defined head center. So he, I feel like he's definitely in his head more than I am. And yeah. he'll hold those ideas. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? And he's mm-hmm. like, but that's interesting when my human design really comes into effect of reading his mind. Because like, yeah. no. I'm like, well, because I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and it's almost like I'm, you can say, yeah, you're like, I can see how you see that. But also. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so... Okay. Yeah. The head center. So then what is the other, there's another pressure center, right? The other pressure center is the root center. Yes. Okay. You want to talk about that one? Yeah. Cause I feel like okay. these centers are, are very important and I feel, I feel like I connect with them really deeply because I feel like I'm taking that information in from the outside world. And then my root center, it's in like, as a human being, I feel very energetically activated in my like root and like my bottom chakras compared to my upper chakras. So yeah. Yeah. Talk about the roots. The root center. So the root center is going to be, if you, if you're looking at your chart, you've got this line of all of these, let me see, there's five that are in a pretty straight line. The root one is going to be all the way at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Both Alyssa and I have this one defined, and it's really we have a lot of similarities in our chart. Actually, it's it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done a connection chart. Oh, that would yeah. be interesting. Okay, okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the root center is another pressure center. So we have the mental pressure center, which is the head center, and that's pushing information. It's pushing questions and ideas, and it's pushing us to explore new avenues, explore new things that are kind of, it's kind of like an antenna to the ethereal connection or an antenna to ideas and the idea realm, different realms if you think about it, um, different things because you if you're tuned into different things mentally. The root center is a pressure center and it's much more of the physical world. It's a pressure center to survive and to accomplish and to move forward. And so while the head center is ideas and inspiration, the root center is a little bit more hustle and flow and let's get things done. Let's move on to the next step. Yeah. So this is much more associated with like a physical sense of adrenaline than mental anxiety. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if you think about the fact that this is pushing up 
it's pushing us to do what we're doing now and always be moving forward because as a species, we want to be evolving. We want to be growing. We want to be achieving. And so in the modern world, when you have this defined, the pressure to be successful, the pressure to, um, this is a good thing to mention with the head center too. I'll, I'll, I'll loop back to it. <laughs> the pressure to be successful, the pressure to grow, the pressure to get things done comes from internally. So when you have a, a pressure center defined, it's you who wants it. It's you who wants to be successful with this root center and with the head center. It's you who wants to search for the answers. And then that shadow frequency is fear. So the shadow frequency or the low frequency of the root center is I have to get this done because all I want to do is relax, but I can't relax until I have this done. I won't be able to relax. I won't be able to, I won't be able to actually enjoy that. I'll feel guilty if I don't get this done. And it's this, I have to be successful to make other people happy. I have to be successful to get away from the pressure of judgment, from the world, from all of the things that are outside of you. And so with the head center being that pressure center, it's asking questions and searching for the answers because you want the answers if you have it defined versus if it's open or if it's in a shadow frequency, um, because it can be in a shadow frequency if it's defined or if it's open. The shadow frequency is I have to figure this answer out because no one else can or to get away from this mental pressure. Mm. Yeah. I feel that in the root center, just Mm -hmm. from my personal experience of like going to college and like, I just listened to what my family told me of what I should study and I should have this job. And when I pulled away from that, it was very unconventional. It was really frowned upon. I was like the first one in my family to have a job that like allowed me to travel and like do what I wanted to do and everyone thought it was crazy Mm -hmm. but I really paved the way for the rest of my family because like everyone else followed in line like my brother you know like his partner everyone else kind of was like oh if she can do this then Mm -hmm. I can do this yeah and I don't know if it's a human design thing or just a coincidence I'm not I'm not sure um I think that that pressure to be somebody else is probably coming from your G center. Mm. That's um, the, the open G center. <laughs> Again, similarity of our charts. This particular center has a lot to do with identity. And so the shadow frequency is doing things for other people. Mm-hmm. It's doing things because you need to be a specific person for them. And so this is very easy to take advantage of. Because if you need to be the motherly person or you need to be the successful person or you need to be a certain person for other people, you can be. And so for you, you were the child who needed to go to college. That was the direction that you needed to go. That was the path that others were paving for you. And for you to say, I'm not going to do that, especially if you moved out or something like that, you were away from that particular energy, that particular pressure from the people around you. Please don't restart. (laughs) <laughs> it's like a, oh it need an update we're gonna restart this at some point like please don't do that now that'd be really rude <laughs> um yeah but so people with an open g center have have trouble doing things for themselves mm. because it's like I have 
I mean, I started running because I wanted to be able to be the, the girl who could run with my in-laws. I wanted to be able to run with them because that's where the good conversations happened. And so every time I was running, I was like, I'm doing this so that I can show up for those people in this way. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for me. It wasn't for mental clarity. It wasn't because it made me feel good. It was because I wanted to be a certain person for other people. Certain things with you know school, I'm, I was going to college for other people to fulfill a promise to other people to be a certain person for other people Mm -hmm. yeah so (laughs) can we just back up really quick and talk about how human design and astrology like where does human design come from and like how we're not just pulling these things out of our ass (laughs) exactly (laughs) human design is a system that was downloaded um, kind of this massive idea by someone named Ra-Uruhu. He went to Ibiza and he sat in meditation and he calls it the voice. The voice said, are you ready? Pretty much. And so he sat in meditation for, I believe it was seven days and eight nights Mm -hmm. straight. And he downloaded this entire system. And so what the system is, is it's a combination of astrology, you have the Chinese I Ching, you have the chakra system, you have the tree of life, all of these different kind of ancient modalities of understanding us as humans. And then it also plays on things like genetics. I mean, there's 64 gates and there's 64 codons in human DNA. So it's it plays on things like genetics and biochemistry, how we interact with other people. It plays on quantum mechanics as well. So it's all of these different modalities pulled into one place and into one form. And it shows you who you are, the energetic gifts that you have, kind of a picture of your particular aura, the areas of inconsistent energy where you pick up on other people's energy, shows you how you interact best. It shows you how other people are more likely to um, to like well accept your energy, the best ways to interact with other people, that's a better way to understand it. And it also kind of shows you the evolution of your life path. So we have something called the incarnation cross, which is really interesting. That's basically your life purpose statement. And then we have the astrology aspect of it. We have two sides. If you're looking at your body graph, you have a red side on one, and then that's gonna be on the left. And then the right, it's gonna say mind. And so this is everything that's read is genetic. That's inherited things. Those are patterns and consistencies that you picked up in your design. That is how you were designed. Those are the things that if you look at your parents' charts, your grandparents' charts, they're probably going to have a lot of those gates. They might be in different astrological signs. They might be placed a little bit differently, but they're going to be similar. And then the mind side is the conscious side, and that's going to be exactly who you bring the new flavor that you bring to all of the past generational energy that you carry and so it's based off of your design date is 88 days before you were born and then your birthday is the moment that you were born all of this is based off of where these different planets were in those signs because they go through the body graph they go through each of the gates very similarly to how they go through um, the different signs in astrology. Mm-hmm. And so for you, Alyssa, when you were born, the sun was in gate eight, gate 58. The, the earth was in gate 52. The Your north node is gate 26. 
um, your south node is gate 45. So each of those are basically where the planets were when you were born. That creates a certain frequency. And then the moment that consciousness comes through you creates kind of this little signature. When you come into being, you're going to hold the frequency of what was going on energetically around you the moment that you were born and what, we, what you're bringing with you, what karma you're bringing with you from your parents and from your lineage. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's similar then to astrology, because when you look at astrology, like just an astrological chart, you'll see the similarities between mm-hmm. you and your family always. You'll have, you know, a lot of karmic patterns written in your stars. And I find those karmic patterns with my mom because she is the opposite sign of me. Oh, so we are very much the opposite, opposite people. And mm-hmm. I joke with her that she didn't learn her lesson from her first Capricorn child because I have a half brother who were 12 years apart, but he was born oh. three days after me. So we have like, I was like, you didn't learn the lesson. It's coming back around, but now it's a boy. And it's like a big <laughs> joke, but you know, a lot of our, my patterns I see in her and I see where just from a very removed standpoint of like how I'm supposed to break some of those karmic patterns. Yeah. And it's interesting because both me and my mom are Sagittarius and our birthdays are about, they're a little over a week apart and then exactly 30 years. So we're very similar and I can see her expressing a lot of the, the gifts and the talents and the energies that we both have incorrectly and in a shadow of frequency and that's been a huge lesson for me moving forward is seeing those especially like as a child and saying I don't want to be like that (laughs) I'm going to use it differently and so it's interesting to see like opposites or the same we're still gonna learn the lessons that we need to learn while we're here and then also your mom had you during her Saturn return right yeah she did I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, because oh. that's a that's a big joke too. Being like, Saturn is here to teach you, and now I'm like the teacher, right? I'm ruled by Saturn, and that's my sign. And I don't know what her human design is, but after this, I'm gonna have to go in and look it up because I'm very absolutely. Mm-hmm. So the charts are interesting. Yeah. Do you think that there's um, human design types that are more compatible with one another, or do you think it's based on the individual charts? I think it's very individual. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some people think that certain types go well with other types. Um, I listened to a podcast episode about basically like matching them up, like dating wise. And I think that that individual was very biased because I didn't agree with a lot of the things that they were saying. Um, I think if two people are, this would go really into putting the the charts on top of each other. So human design, especially in some of the more advanced software, I mean, I pay $8 a month to use the software that I do for all of the different charts that I do, but I can put two charts on top of each other and see how people interact with each other. And so we have, um, we have different gates, we have hanging gates, and then we can basically line those up. And so you could have attraction channels. And that's where if you have half of a line, you have one line and I have the other, that's going to make a full channel. Our energy is going to communicate. It's going to connect two centers. We're going to be very attracted to each other in that particular way. And just looking at your chart, I know we have at least one. 
yeah, I've seen at least one. <laughs> um, and so our energy is going to reach for each other. And then in romantic relationships, that's really going to show up as chemistry. That's going to be like, ooh, I get butterflies when I'm around you because energetically, they're completing you. Energetically, all of a sudden, you can understand yourself. And that's where it's really funny to see people who are like, oh my gosh, I just feel like myself around them. I feel like I can talk to them. It's like they complete me. And then you put their charts together. I'm like, oh yeah, you have six connection channels. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> all of this energy of yours that's reaching now has something to reach for. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's definitely compatibility but more on an individual level. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so interesting because it's very simple things, but you would never think to look and be like, oh, well, if you look at our human design charts, you know, like we're compatible. And I feel like yep. with astrology, we're always like, oh, these are the compatible signs and this is this, mm -hmm. but you don't really like, no one talks about, you know, transposing these human design charts on top of each other mm -hmm. to look at your channels. Even though is all just like energy right yeah yeah it's all, it's all energy. energy you could feel that energy in whatever way it's going to manifest so mm -hmm. yeah because what could be attraction channels um in those attraction channels if it's i mean if everyone is in a high frequency and working really really well it can be very very harmonious but the same exact charts if people are expressing low frequencies and there's a lot of control and there's a lot of fear those attraction channels can actually be very very triggering and so it can actually bring out like i mean if you're reaching for something and you're if you're borrowing my energy in a certain certain space if i'm in a low frequency there all of a sudden your energy is going to pick up on that and amplify that. And so you're, we're both going to be in a low frequency there. Mm. This happens a lot with um, the heart center, the ego center. If it's, if one person has it defined, the other person has it open or in really interesting cases, they have connection channels and they both define it, but they technically both have it open, but they have access to it consistently when they're around each other. That gets messy. <laughs> that can be very that can be very toxic if you're not aware of it. So do I have an open heart channel or no? No, yours is defined. It's defined. So what does that mean? So the heart center, um, it has three different names. It's called the heart center, the ego center, the will center. Basically, this is the center of willpower. And this is the center of control that has a lot to do with, I mean, if you think about ego, but it's not in a bad way. And so having it defined means that consistently you have access to your ego. You have consistent access to your willpower and you can force things to go your way. And so this can show up as very manipulative if it's in a shadow frequency of no, things are going to go my way because they are. It can be kind of a competitive energy in a good way or a bad way. Um, but the high frequency is you're here to go after what you want and you receiving what you want and you getting what you want is very, very, very powerful because it empowers other people. Um, let me see. I think it's around 70% of the population has this center open, which is really interesting when you go into things like looking at the fact that heart disease is the leading cause of chronic illness and death in the United States is because people are forcing themselves to do things and they're living out of alignment. They're expressing fear here. So the fear frequency is I have to make this happen my way because I'm afraid of it not happening my way. 
I have to win because I'm afraid of losing versus the high frequency where you're, where you have this defined and you're allowing yourself to express this fully. It's, I get to win because I want to win. Mm-hmm. I get to win because I know I'm capable. I can prove myself. Like, look at me. Like, look, I know I'm powerful enough to create this. I can make this happen versus that fear or that open center or the, the non-self, the shadow frequency is I have to prove that I am good enough. I have to force my actions. I have to force the situation to go the way that I want it to, to feel like I'm good enough to show other people that I'm good enough and to prove my value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so in eighth grade, I got voted, voted the most strong-willed. And I think that was hilarious <laughs> because that was a really shadow, that was a shadow frequency of me being like a teenage kid, being so competitive. I didn't want to take no for an answer um just so many things and even now like as an adult my friends are like you're so competitive but it's not I don't think that it's in a bad way it's just in a way of like hey I get to win like so do you or yeah. so person yeah. like all fun but that's something that people notice about me and I'm just mm-hmm. like well we're just like playing you know like someone has to win or you know we all get <laughs> to win so I'm really very competitive with card games I'm going to be competitive with everything, but I'll just do it in silence. I'll be like, mm-hmm. like when I was playing Bananagrams with my friends a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, just, you know, putting down the words and I'm just like in my zone and I like, don't focus on anyone else, but then like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always win. And they're like, how does she always win? I'm just like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so it's say that I must have I must have sold my soul to the rummy gods because I always win <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like no you just don't know how to manifest so do you think as a child how do you think that manifested in your life like were you do you have a divine heart center I do okay wow yeah. you're insane <laughs> we so the only difference in our charts is that I have my sacral center defined Right. And that's what, and then like our gates are different and our channels are different, but we have a lot of similarities in our charts. So having the open, what was the gate you just said? The heart center? Uh, No, the other one that makes you like a projector or a. Oh, the sacral center. Yeah. So that's the only difference in projectors, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So projectors, reflectors, and manifestors will have an open sacral center. If your sacral center is defined, and so if you're looking at your chart, it's going to be the square that's right above the root center. So we talked about the root center is all the way at the bottom. There's a square right above it. That's the sacral center. This center is what makes you a generator. So I'm a manifesting generator because I have my sacral center defined, but I have a motor center connecting to my throat center which makes me that, that's that manifester side. Manifestors, pure manifestors will have an open sacral center, but they'll have one of their motor centers connected to their throat. The motor centers are the sacral center, heart center, that ego center, the emotional solar plexus, and then the root center. So kind of the four centers that are at the bottom, but on like the middle and the right side. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So any of those connecting to your throat means that there's a lot of energy behind your voice. And so it's not just talking about ideas. Those are the people who can start movements by 
in one speech. Those are the people who are very, very motivational, who can really, there's a lot of power in their voice. Those are the people who you listen to, they're talking and you're just like hanging on to every single word because what they're saying is not just affecting you. It's not just the words they're saying. It's everything that's coming behind it. You can feel the power in their voice. Mm. I know some people like that and you will talk with them and you just get so captivated by what they're saying. You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter what they're talking about either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking about can, the clouds in the sky, and you're like, "Wow, so beautiful." <laughs> I believe it was um, Johnny Depp is a manifester. He's an ego manifester, and so he's somebody that, like, first of all, you know, he's getting it his way. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to do things his way. He's going to be very unique in his expression, but also, like, when he's acting or when he's not acting, you're hanging on to his words. Mm, interesting. That's an interesting one. <laughs> Do you look at celebrities' charts all the time? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Genetic matrix. Um, what I like to do is I like to practice my guessing skills. <laughs> so I like to go in and just like watch a movie or watch an interview and I'll be like, hmm, they're a projector. Mm-hmm. I think they have a defined head center. Like just try and guessing it because through conversation, I can usually pick up on a couple of things um, and then I'll look up and see if I can find their charts and then be like oh look I was right or oh interesting like why did I miss that or why did I think that they were not this so it's a fun little game I play yeah I play that game with astrology with my friends like when I go out with my friends and I'll listen especially when I meet someone new I'll just listen to the conversation and then I'll be like oh you're a I'm like oh my god how'd you know I'm just like, I just laugh to myself because it's, it is what it is, you know, it's not, it's not good nor bad. It just, that's who they are. And we all have these similar traits. And so, um, do you want to talk real quickly about what the other, like some characteristics of manifesting generators of, reflectors like who they are in the world and because I'm sure whoever's listening we're all going to be such different things so exactly yeah I think that that's the beauty is um no two charts the same Mm -hmm. well I have twin brothers and theirs are exactly the same because they're born three minutes apart but they're still different people (laughs) yeah so they have the same gates and everything every single gate every single line of the gates is exactly the same and are they the same people in real life? Or no. They're, other they're very different people. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Dang. That's yeah. so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there are five types in human design. First, we have generators. Generators will have that sacral center defined. Generators make up around 35% of the population, and they are the action portion of the collective. They're here to get things done. They're very magnetic to ideas and opportunities because opportunities and ideas need sacral energy to manifest into physical form. The sacral center has a lot to do with life force, with creative energy, with sexual energy, with birthing something that is an idea or that is an embryo or that's not physical yet and making it into physical energy or physical form. So these are the people who get an idea and what lights them up is gonna light them up. These are the people who find a couple things that they really, really love and they can talk about them over and over and over and over and over again. 
mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. So one of the great examples that I like to use is Catherine Zenkina from Manifestation Babe. She's a generator. She is thoroughly content talking about manifestation and attacking it in every different angle and talking about it in different wording, different phrasing every single day for the rest of her life because that's what lights her up. And we need people like that who have that consistency because if she's able to master manifestation and can talk about manifestation in a thousand different ways, it's going to click for a thousand different people mm-hmm. because you can hear something a thousand times. And if it's not the right phrasing for it to click, it's not going to work. So manifestor or not manifestors, <laughs> generators, we're talking about manifestation. Mm-hmm. Generators are here to master certain things over time and really, really do what lights them up because they have that hustle creation energy. But if they're creating things that they really, really love, that energy is going to kind of give back to them and it'll be very, very satisfying. They'll be able to work on it consistently over and over and over again every day. If they're working on things that they don't love, they're going to be frustrated and they're not going to want to show up and it's going to be draining for them. So those are generators. Next, we have manifestors, which we talked about a little bit, but they're going to have an open sacral center, and then they will have a motor center connected to their throat. These are the cutting edge of the collective. These are the people who are here to get things started. They're visionaries. They have this very interesting, intuitive, internal connection to source, to the universe, to God, whatever your preferred terminology is for a higher power. They have this really interesting connection with that and it's very internal. So they're going to get these nudges of, I need to go do this thing that no one else has done before. And then I need to bring people with me so that they can expand into this. Mm-hmm. And so they're here to start things. And so these are the people who do really well with, I'm going to start this company. Cool. Now I'm going to sell it. I'm going to start this company. Cool. Now I'm going to move on. And so they go through phases they're here to start things. They're not here to finish things. And so a big thing for them is making sure that they're able to communicate and inform the people around them of the support that they need and of what help they need and what their vision is so they can get more people on board to like a generator who is here to actually finish it and here to get the action portion done, make it, make it happen. So now we have manifesting generators, which are a fun little combination of both. So they're going to both have their sacral center defined and they're going to have a motor center connected to their throat. They're a hybrid type that kind of works on their own little plane and own little realm. Um, They don't exist. on. (laughs) They work on a quantum level because they're here to start things, but they're also here to respond to things and get things done. And so these are the people who like to do multiple, multiple things at the same time. So I'm a great example. I'm a full-time nursing student. I work out a lot and I'm running a full-time business. So that's me playing with a lot of different things and juggling a lot of different things and multitasking and then following my passion. The big difference between manifesting generators and generators is what lights them up is going to change. And so it's, it's interesting to see, you know, certain things I'll go through phases where I'm really into something. I will dive into it. I'll get really, really good at it, but mastering things is challenging because I change. I'm no longer interested in it. And so I can't push myself to spend enough time in something to really, really master it, mm-hmm. which is fine. I'm fine moving on to new things. Um, yeah. So let me think of 
manifesting generators. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of celebrities. Um, I know that Donald Trump is a manifesting generator and so is Hillary Clinton, which is interesting. Yeah, you can oh, wow. see. That's very relevant. And I think we can see that in Donald Trump in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, so he started a business and then he's like, I'm going to become president. And he has a defined heart center, defined ego center. So in that election, that was the biggest difference between him and Hillary Clinton was this, I'm going to win because I'm going to win because I can versus hers. I'm trying to win because I'm afraid of not winning. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to the country. And, you know, I mean, we, we don't need to get political, but that was just a very interesting difference in that election. But he is very, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to build this business. Now I'm going to become president. And so it's very, it's nonlinear. It doesn't necessarily make sense. He hasn't been in politics before, but he's expanding. He's capable of going to a new level. And so in some ways he's aligned in other ways, he's not. That's okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then what's left? Reflectors and projectors. We have reflectors and projectors. So projectors, like my dear friend Alyssa here, are, these are the people who are, they're managers. They're not here to do a lot of the action. (laughs) They're here to kind of guide the action. They're not here to get this big idea started. They're going to say, okay, so you want this started. Here's what needs to happen. If we're going to make that happen, we need this, we need this, we need this. This is not working. This needs to be rearranged. They're kind of a midwife, um, a midwife to kind of birthing a universal project. And so they're very good at systems. They have this bird's eye perspective. If they're able to see this isn't working, let's shift it, let's fix it, let's make it better. And so they're able to really, really niche down into a little area, a little zone of genius that's very, very deep and very, very specific. When projectors work with other people, they they dive really deep because they see them. They see creation, they see that energy in another person. And so they're a little bit abrasive sometimes when they're in a shadow frequency. The shadow frequency is, I have the answers or you're doing that wrong. And if somebody tells me you're doing that wrong, I'm going to get very frustrated. And even if I'm doing it wrong, I'm not going to listen to them. (laughs) And so the higher frequency for a projector is waiting for an invitation. It's saying, hey, look, I'm going to sit here and read the instruction manual that you made. I'm going to show up and tell you that I have the answers, but I'm not going to tell you you're doing it wrong. I'm going to say, if you want them, I have them. Let me know. We'll talk no judgment, no pushiness, nothing Mm -hmm. negative there because the right people will come to you and the wrong people will struggle and figure it out on their own. But you don't have, you don't have the energy to run around and try and convince everyone that you have the answers and still have the energy to do the work that you're here to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then we have reflectors. Reflectors will have every single center in their chart will be white or undefined. They make up around 1% of the population. And so we talked about potential energy. They have a lot of potential energy. So they're going to feel very much like whoever they are around. (laughs) They're going to pick up on the energy of other people very easily. And this means that they're really, really good at quality control. They're really good at kind of being an early warning system and saying, 
so I know that you want this to happen, but this is the reality. This is the reality check. This is actually what's happening. And so because they're able to pick up so much of the energy, they really, really see the full picture and they can mirror it back to us. And that's why they're only 1% of the population is because their their karmic existence here it's not about what they create. It's not about what they build. It's not about being super, super successful. It's about showing the world really where we are. It's about being able to reflect back to us how we're truly doing and giving the perspective that we as a collective need. Two of my favorite examples, if you're in the spiritual personal development world, a really good reflector is Teal Swan. She's on, or Teal Scott, she goes by Teal Swan on YouTube. She sees things very, very differently (laughs) than anyone else I know. If you watch any of her videos, you're just like, wait, what? She exists in a different, on a, in a different world completely. And it's really interesting to see how she picks up and understands energy. Um, And then kind of a, a more mainstream person that you would not expect, but who is a reflector is Sandra Bullock. And so in her acting, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her acting is very different. All of her roles are so completely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think that when she's in that acting space, she also picks up on the acting personalities of the other actors and actresses that she's working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So. I think I meant famous projectors, but um, let me see. There's. Taylor Swift is a projector nice. and a really, really famous projector who's living in her zone of genius is Chris Jenner. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, She's like goodness. full on momager. It's amazing. I resonate with Chris Jenner, so <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I don't, I never want to cut you off, but this is a lot of information and I think yeah. There's so much to digest and so much to talk about. And I don't want to overwhelm people because Mm -hmm. like astrology, human design, you know, you look at the tree of life, you're going to get overwhelmed. And I just want people to really take everything with a grain of salt and take it for their own learning, like self-learning. That's my invitation to everyone. Um, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Of course. You are such a wealth of knowledge. Tell everyone where they can find you. I am on Instagram at Intuition Lifestyle. That's primarily where I hang out. My website is Intuition Lifestyle. Um, I do things there too, but it's primarily on Instagram is the best place to find me. And then for anybody that's new to human design to kind of, I talked about a lot of different things Here's going to be the foundation of what you should do next. Go find your chart, go search human design on the internet, and you will find a place to download your chart to generate it. And then start by maybe researching or Googling your human design type, your strategy, and your authority. That will be kind of the jumping, the the jumping board, the, the platform that you should jump off of. That should be the starting point for anybody who is interested in diving into human design more. Yay. Thank you, Eden. You're such a gem.